1: Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional
0: wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt
1: Riddle, the king of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk.
0: Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Lou Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Lou Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. WrestleTalk, Rebel, Now Lower
2: We are guaranteed a new North American champion at NXT TakeOver 30 or Triple X or whatever you're calling it. Just so long as you don't Google it, do not Google image search TakeOver Triple X. I've made that mistake already today and I can't unsee what I saw. Don't do it. I'm looking at it now. Don't do it. Yeah, definitely don't do it. Don't do it. That's Adam Bompier, who is uh, looking at unwanted porn, and (laughs) my work (laughs) computer as well. Yeah, well, what these computers have seen and what they haven't seen uh, is up for debate. What's that? Sorry. Anyway, yeah, Mm. don't do it. It's like the. Turns out that the wrestling fandom is a lot like the Sonic the Hedgehog fandom, and uh, has. Drawed some very despicable things. Uh, But let's start with the the main talking point of this uh, episode is going to be um, the the vacated North American Championship, which Keith Mm. Lee vacated at the top of the show. This was William Regal's big announcement for the episode that Keith Lee opens the show saying he's won both belts. He's proved himself to be limitless, but he doesn't want to hold people back from the opportunities that he was afforded within nxt so he has vacated the north american championship in order to give other people a chance and he's going to obviously keep the nxt championship the smart choice the thinking man's championship um this has then set up the the notion that for for takeover 30 they're going to have a series of triple threat matches to decide who's going to take part in another north american title ladder match and as you can no doubt remember, the North American title was initially crowned, the first North American champion was crowned in a ladder match which Adam Cole won, um, which I just think is like, it's it's a lovely bit of Synergy. It's a it's a nice callback to like one of the most successful matches I think in NXT history. The, the, that that match comes up so hot. Lorry, Jesus right. Christ! <laughs> Just picking words out, picking words out of a hat, mate. A little bit
0: of brand, a little bit of brand, <laughs> bit of brand
2: stuff. It's great. No, I think it's 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 a nice callback. It's a nice bit of nostalgia for NXT fans. And actually. We were talking about who might take the belts, Keith Lee, and whether they were to do sort of a Becky two belt style thing. Very quickly, Keith Lee loses the North American title, which I don't think did much for Becky, frankly. When you know they just, I think they barely got the t-shirt made that said Becky two belts, and then they were like, "Yeah, one belt, Becky now," so you have to buy <laughs> another t-shirt again. Um, so I think this this actually is a bit more of an elegant solution to that issue of Keith Lee having to lose one of the belts to, you know, actually make takeover. A sort of a card with more people on it. Um, and this is this is a really good option for that. What do you think? Yeah, uh
0: I well, just just to speak generally, I really liked this week's episode of NXT. NXT is always so good when it's building to a takeover and it knows when the takeover is and knows exactly how many weeks. We've covered this before. But uh yeah, I like I think maybe hyperbole but I think a pretty flawless episode of NXT which is not to say there haven't been better episodes of NXT it's just actually I don't think there was anything wrong uh mm-hmm. really with this week's NXT like everything worked on it for me uh, and yeah we obviously started with old Billy reeves saying that there's going to be a ladder match uh, and the first person in that ladder match Uh, really really smart choice because yeah it really makes like suddenly nxt feels a lot deeper as a brand just with this kind of one announcement really and the first person in it because spoilers first person in the uh, ladder match is Bronson Reed um, Mm -hmm. getting rid of uh, Roderick Strong and Johnny Gargano literally beating two former uh, North (coughs) American champions in a triple threat uh, to basically establish that once again yes the North American champion is the mid-card title of um, NXT and there is a mid card division in NXT, which we, yeah, people were worried about when the belts were unified. It's just like, oh, does that mean it's gonna be main event scene or nothing in NXT? No, they've done really, really smart play mm-hmm. here and re-established their mid card. Um, really, really good idea. And yeah, like if you if we're not thinking about like, oh, is it gonna be Johnny Gargano? Is it gonna be blah, blah, blah? And so there's a cut, like if you're looking at just mid card guys, there's so many cool options mm-hmm. for North American champion. And it makes Takeover such a rich card going in. Everyone loves the ladder match, so.
2: Yeah. So this is the thing there's five slots available in the ladder match. Bronson Reed is the first one in, which means the next four weeks of NXT will probably have one triple threat each to decide the next uh, contenders in that match before August 22nd, I think, is Takeover 30. Yeah. Uh, Takeover Triple X. Don't Google it, whatever you do. Um, don't Google it. <laughs> and like already this week we've been treated to this was the standout match on this show The the, the uh Bronson Reed versus Johnny Gargano versus uh Roderick Strong was so well done it was perfect booking I think and it's like you know they stack the deck against Reed really here by being like he's in the ring with two former North American champions who both are heels both decide very early on that Beat the big boy is the uh, (laughs) name of the game. Um, They spend so long working him over and he does a lot of the sort of Keith Keith Lee-inspired spots of taking down the two smaller lads. Like, there was a really cool bit where he's got Roddy up in a Samoan drop position and Jolly... The front, which knocks Roddy off, and then Johnny manages to clamber out of that and go to hit an insiguri. Reed just ducks, and he is strong. As strong stumbles back into the ropes, Johnny runs to the ropes, and, and Reed just slaps him out of the air into Roderick Strong. That was like awesome. There was a, another like insiguri into an Olympic slam that Roddy did to Reed, and then Gargano chucks him out and goes for the pin. And that's where sort of the, the change happened in the match. This is when. Strong and Gargano started to fall apart as their sort of tenuous alliance uh, crumbled. I just thought they worked a brilliant, brilliant match. This was like Bronson Reed is not a character in NXT that I've really been rooting for very much. He's had a couple of okay matches, but he's been trotted out to really just be the big boy. And yeah the thick boy and put over other people as well you know like he had the match with Karrion Cross, and that was really to make Karrion Cross look awesome um and and I think achieved that but this was this was all about Bronson Reed overcoming two other guys who are former champions to get his shot at this belt and it really felt like he kept the pace with Gargano and Strong amazingly like there was a bit where they did um he had Gargano up in an electric chair and Strong goes to dive off and, and sort of do a doomsday device. But at the same time, Johnny whips it back into the poison Rana, which hits okay. Reed. And then goes for the, as he's going for the pin, Roddy just runs in with his running knee strike and nails him and gets into the pin. And then Johnny, just as he's falling down, hits a super kick knocking him off. And it's like... You can't see a moment in this match at any point where you think someone's actually just got a clear shot of winning. They were so all over each other all the times. And it, it avoided that thing that triple threats quite often do, where it's someone ends up on the outside for ages and that gives two guys the chance to just do their regular spots together. And then mm. the next person comes in, there's a little bit of crossover. This this was so built around all three guys working together for the majority of the match. I yep. thought this was one of the best TV matches NXT has put on in forever. It was such a so solid story.
0: Good. Really good dynamic, the dynamic fed into the story, especially with like Bronson Reed being the outsider in a number of different ways, not only uh, obviously a bigger guy, the only baby face, but also the only guy who's never held the North American championship. So uh, there was a real underdog narrative going in. And yeah, like you said, there was a lot of um, like kind of seamless um, spots. Um, The only time really that you had the trip, you know, the typical triple threat thing of one guy being on the outside the whole time was because it was leading into the finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was supposed to be the surprise kind of from out of nowhere Johnny Gargano uh, hits the final beat DDT drapes an arm over but suddenly death from above uh, <laughs> Bronson Reed uh, break your arm Johnny get it out of there man. <laughs> no I really thought Johnny had hurt his arm like real badly because yeah, uh, yeah he, he drapes one arm over but Bronson Lee uh, Reed lands on him and gets the uh, gets the pin on Roddy Strong and that to all came after that powerbomb to the outside Mm. Oh, that sick
2: powerbomb. bomb! That yeah, so Bronson, power bomb. Bronson was on. Bronson was on the apron, and Johnny's trying to get him into a powerbomb position. And Roddy just runs in and hits this knee, which causes him to let go of the ropes, and they slam him to the floor unprotected. Bronson Reed went through hell in this match. They were just like, Mm -hmm. yep. And you're going to take a poison Rana and you're going to get power bombs to the outside. Do you want the North American title? You got to work for it, my friend. And (laughs) I think he really, really earned his crust here. But I like, if this is the quality of competition, we're going to see building up to takeover and we're getting like micro takeover quality matches here. I am all for this. I think this booking, like, I think it's a little bit cheap to vacate a belt. Um, I do. I I don't, I like, you know, when there's not a really clear defined story reason, I think it's quite, I think it's elegant in the fact that it means that Keith Lee doesn't have to lose building up to the NXT championship match at takeover 30, which I think is going to be very important and defining for either Keith Lee. And I'm assuming Karen Cross is going to be his opponent considering what happened on this show, but like it's going to be career defining for one of the two here and most likely both of them. And I don't think you really want to have Keith Lee lose on the way into that match So this is a nice solution. It would be nicer if there was a reason, more of a reason behind it than just being like, I'm just being altruistic. I am (laughs) pointlessly altruistic. I don't need this belt. There's too many belts now. Um, But I think it gives everyone something, like it gives everyone something to fight for. These triple threat matches are a really good way to, like you said, make the roster look deep, which they really do have a very deep roster and so many guys not appearing in matches. And you've got, you know, like to in your first match, stack it so that it is Strong and Gargano and Reed, who is the outsider by all accounts, and to dispose of Gargano and Strong and say that that's their chance up; they're done. Next week, we're getting Timothy Thatcher, uh, Finn Balor. And who's Dexter the other Loomis. one? Dexter Loomis. So we're like we're rinsing through guys who've been getting quite a lot of TV time recently, very very quickly. So it, it just leaves out to like it, I'm sitting there thinking, who's going to be in these next three triple threat matches after that? Who who else is on the roster? You've got Damian Priest. I assume he's going to be in one. Killian Dane will be in one. Uh,
0: Cameron Grimes, yeah.
2: Cameron Grimes, we're going to get yeah. Uh, maybe we'll get. The different parts of Breezango split up like who else is there D- Dijakovic but I feel like Dijakovic might be out for a bit because of what happened on this episode as well I, I would assume that he's if he's going to appear he's going to appear in the very last one um you know are we going to get Adam Cole at final mission Is it going to be a surprise leading for that final final position in the final threat I'm going to be like leave it all up to the you know, leave it all up to suspicion who's going to be final man. And then Adam Cole comes out and Adam Cole gets to, if we're talking about and brands and stuff like that, Adam Cole won that first North American title ladder match. I think it would be quite poetic to have him come back for that. His final match in NXT be sort of on par with the match that really defined the beginning of his career in NXT. Um, so that'd be quite nice. Who who do you think, who would you like to see as your ideal field for the ladder match at TakeOver?
0: I mean, just want to say first off, like good booking uh, NXT this week, um, booking uh, both uh, Dexter Loomis and Timothy Thatcher to go over and then be at the end of the show being just like, Oh, by the way, you got those two lads and Finn Balor next week. It's just like, very nice. It just gives mm-hmm. the whole show like an element of like, oh, it, all, it was all by design. Um, yeah, like yes, you yeah, so you've got you got so many. I, I think Damien Priest should definitely be in the ladder match because uh, mm-hmm. I think he can definitely cause some carnage. I think Dominic Dominic Dijakovic would be nice. I feel like it might cheapen what happened at the end of the show if we see him again. I think he might. Mm-hmm. He should probably be
2: done now maybe um it might be an elegant way to write him off tv if they're talking about moving you know he was meant to go up to raw and smackdown and apparently did but then because they didn't because of lockdown they just went ah oh, he's back in XT now so you know there was all those rumors going around
0: mm. i would like to see um finn balor i think finn balor would be really really great and i wish he could compete because i think this would be a really good time to elevate kylo like a really good time uh i mean bobby fish i guess could could be one but uh i'm just desperate for kylo riley to kind of get something of a kind of a little bit of a single spotlight um i think finn Balor should be in it yeah just to kind of give it that that one clear star who shouldn't get the belt but is there to make everyone else feel more important um so who is, is that five? So yeah, Bronson Reed, maybe Santos Escobar would be fun just Ooh. to kind of like try and do the double the double champ tease. And then maybe Drake Maverick can cost him, like come back and, uh, you know, do some damage to finally get some comeuppance.
2: Yeah, that'd be um, quite elegant. I think they're building to a Santos swerve though from the looks of it, if they're going to do a takeover match. That seems like quite, that seems like a very yeah. nice option or unless they're going to sort of, get that out of the way quite quickly next week and then build to Maverick uh, Escobar. But I still think that's too early to do Maverick Escobar. Um, we need more time, more Drake ill-advised beatdowns mm. rushing into traffic, Drake Maverick ever. Only Lorcan would be a, a nice shout. Mm, Only Lorcan mm. would be a really good shout. Yeah, I, it's it'll be interesting to see how they sort of fill this out because I don't want them to get like, you know, into week five and we've already had Balor, we've already had Gargano, we've already had... XYZ and they're gonna go, okay, well now uh it's a, a, a Denzel Dejeuner and uh what's his face? Leon Ruff versus <laughs> one big guy who's gonna beat them very easily. Like I wonder if Champer will come back for this. Uh Champer North American title is something he hasn't done. It's a good means to an end for him if they're sort of they're at a bit of a loose end with champer it seems like um you know he put up all that stuff we discussed last week where he was saying you know it seems like creative has nothing for you and that's you know maybe a voice in his head saying that and maybe that's the a bit of the truth like he definitely has kind of achieved most things in nxt that there are to achieve but the north american championship is not one of them mm-hmm. and you know maybe he maybe if he can't have goldie back maybe he would settle for crimson well, like, Ooh, I don't know should
0: <laughs> should he be settling for anything less than Goldie like Goldie's is one true love
2: yeah well I wonder I wonder if he uses that as a stepping stone to be like you know can I maybe they could do a X division championship style thing with the North American title world champion says that I'll trade this in for a shot at the North American championship I will relinquish this belt I want to do loads of vacations in a row I think that'd be quite nice a Novel kind of trick is like I, while I've gone through this hell to win this belt. I don't even want it. I just want a shot at that guy. If it's carrying Cross holding the belt at the Come Take, that's even more relevant to that trade for Ciampa. Um Because I do think if Carrion if Cross is the next NXT champion, then I think Champa beating him to win his belt back at WrestleMania Takeover would be amazing. That is the story that I would tell.
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. Healthcare tri-term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Do you like wrestling? Do you like improv? Do you like role-playing games? And you'll love No Role's Barred. Presented by the WrestleTalk Podcast Network. Six players come together to create a fictional wrestling promotion, roll dice, and create the kind of insanity that real companies can only dream of creating. Can Tony the Milkman survive the twilight of his career and still find time to care for his wrestling son? Can the Denimatrix overcome the vicious apex and achieve total denimation? Can brothers Golden Joe and Silver Bro coexist as a tag team before they combust find out now with the wrestling show that everyone's talking about no rolls barred is available wherever you get your podcasts and only presented on the wrestle talk podcast network
2: um, let's go through the rest of the show though, because I think like there, there was so much to like about this week's NXT that the um, continuing story around the North American Championship is just one part of what was a brilliant show. So it started with Keith Lee relinquishing the title. Then we got Dexter Loomis versus Killian Dane. I feel a little bit sorry for Killian Dane, who feels mm. a little bit lost in this old roster recently. He came back with so much uh, bluster and went into big feuds with uh, the likes of. Dave Priest and, and was in the mix with Keith Lee and Jack and, and Baller for a brief period. Like there was a lot going on for him. And then he, he just sort of fell by the wayside and it, it doesn't seem like they're very interested in him anymore because the new class kind of came in and they're doing more with them. Um, but yeah, like there was a couple of really big moments in there, like Loomis hitting the, his spine buster on Killian Dane, which just looked improbable. Loomis also mm-hmm. hit a Swanton bomb, finally sort of, Trying, yeah, getting a rise out of the crowd, Loomis finally playing to the audience, uh, and then to to finish things off, um, Loomis locks in the uh, the head and arm choke, and Dane passes out. So he still looks like a big strong boy because he didn't give up. He just fell asleep. Yes, these are these are a, it's an important differentiation, and obviously, uh, yeah, Killian Dane also took his vest off to reveal the vest that he was wearing underneath uh, at some point. He's uh, wearing a giant bong. Mm. From angles, but that's cool,
0: yes.
2: well, he rocks it. Yeah. I he rocks mean the Dane balance. is he's so good, Dane he's so he good, and it's yeah, he does just you know this whole match felt very petty in the setup last week we were saying you know that this was all over a picture that was drawn by Dexter Loomis that didn't even really feature Dane quite prominently. I don't even remember uh, I could when I saw the, the picture I, going. yeah, so like I don't know why he'd be annoyed at that, like it may it kind of makes more sense if this was you know, build as a precursor to buying your way into a triple threat match. Like, but it seems like it's the right choice to have Loomis go over here because yes, Loomis is going to be in the big marquee match next week that we know about. Um, we then got uh, Roddy being interviewed backstage and he said it was his time to get Undisputed Era back on track. Bronson Reed then interrupts and says, you know, Undisputed have already had all the opportunities in NXT, but this is his biggest opportunity. Johnny Gargano then interrupts, which scares Strong off and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i hate you too uh you. He, he talks about um he says this whole thing ends with him and he's going to become the north american champion again thick boy and then walks off and, and, and yeah, you know, Reed just says that this is like his big opportunity this this was fine this just showed you the guys who were going to be competing set up a little bit of tension between them showed that you know that didn't, didn't really tease anything about Roddy and Gargano working together, sort of showed animosity, so maybe they didn't really pay off on that very well later in the show, but this was perfectly serviceable backstage shenanigans. I don't think anyone made a tit of themselves here. We then got a recap of Tegan Knox and Io Shirai from last week and Dakota Kai coming in at the end to boot Io in the face. And she says, when you get the taste of shoe out of your mouth or whatever she's saying, something about kicking. And then she says... Why don't you come and find me? Oh, and make sure to bring your NXT Women's Championship, uh, which is paid off later in the show because EO talks up Dakota on Twitter, and it seems like they'll be having a confrontation later on. We then got Ever Rise, who only ever ever rise from backstage for squash matches, essentially versus Brizango, who came out as Mounties. Yeah, the Mounties. I love that song so much. It's it's
0: going to be in my head all day. Thanks, Breezango. Um, Very Naked Gun. This. Um, they just kept talking about beavers, mm-hmm. um, and cl- like Beth Felix was just like saying, so Brizanko said that, oh, actually the beaver is a national symbol of Canada and that all beavers should be treated tenderly. And I just was, you know, it made me think fondly of good old <laughs> dead Ledley Nielsen, <laughs> just like, uh, he would, he would have loved this, um, <laughs> uh, <and> it, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's fine. It was good fun. That's the thing. Like it's ever rise. No one cares. Like mm. if they get killed. Um, you got to see the mounty splash or the mounty drop or whatever it's called. That was a lot of fun. Um yeah, just like it's nice to see Brazango. It's just nice to see them. Yeah. No, the least, uh, least consequential bit of the show, but still fun.
2: Yeah, and it's uh yeah, apparently Everizer heels now. I don't think they were heels before. They were just, I don't know, what's to be I don't think they had character before. So they, they got They got slightly more of this match than you would expect. And that enough of that match, they put over the fact that they were sort of working heel here because they were getting right in the face. There was some cool stuff here. Um, I liked the fact that one of the other eyes lads was shouting defense, (laughs) defense on the apron and then just got supermodel kicked off. That was really good. Uh, There was a backdrop suplex that didn't work. And Bree stumbles back into the corner, gets the hot tag. And this is where the whole thing sort of kicks off and, uh, Fandango does his uh, comeback spot and then hits the mounty dive um, and then they're both in the ring and Breezango double suplex both members of Everize and pick up the win this was a fairly simple getting some heat back for Brizango after being involved with uh, Legado del Fantasma last week and uh, not coming out very well from that. Uh, DiJack then got interviewed backstage and he said that uh, last week him and Karen Cross brought through those doors right there and then he suplexed me over the barricade and I banged my head on the floor. But this week I'm fresh and so I'm going to give him my elbows, my knees and my boots, head, mm-hmm. shoulders, knees and toes, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. This was fine. Fiery promo for Dijak setting up the main event for tonight's show, which was excellent, as you would imagine from two guys like those. Uh, we then got EO talking up against Dakota and then we finally got some bloody payoff on Robert Stone and what (laughs) he's been doing in NXT so the match was made um last week obviously Robert Stone and Aaliyah cost Shotzi Blackheart her match against uh, Indy Hartwell who has disappeared back into the NXT jumble sale of random talents they've signed um Stone comes out with a big boot on and is uh, hanging around on the steps. Shotzi runs out and her tank hits the steps as she normally does, but that knocks Robert Stone off. So there's a bit of a tease of like the animosity between them there. A perfectly serviceable match ensues in which uh, Shotzi is shouting, welcome to the ball pit or the ball pen for most of it, as if she's... She's got so many things as Shotzi. Got a lot of catchphrases.
0: You've got the wolf howl. You've got the tank. You've got the horn thing. You've got the green hair. You've now you've got welcome to the ball pit. It's very much mm-hmm. a sort of like I mean like it's it's better to have two many things than yeah. not enough things. But she
2: was who's your daddy before that as well. That yeah. was you know that was the last one. So welcome Keep to the, like welcome to welcome to the ball pit. I'm not <laughs> like <laughs> does she think she's what, she she watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine or something? It's like it's a cop thing, isn't it? The ball pit. I don't know. Or, it's a child thing. I know yeah. that. I know the. I know. Oh yeah, is she saying bull? Yeah, is she saying bull? As in like B U L L, as in like horned cow. That's quite dangerous. Or is she saying. Oh, I heard bull pit. pit. Yeah, like the children's play
0: area. I don't know. Let's see what thing she comes out with next week. Who knows? Maybe she'll have, maybe she'll have a puppet. Who knows? <laughs> Welcome to the zip
1: line. <laughs>
2: <laughs> who's your seesaw? Yeah, I, she's great, but, um, she's got too many catchphrases for my taste. Um, but she got like, because it's Aaliyah, she got a really good showing here and she got to pull off all her normal stuff. She screamed in the face, welcome to the ball pit, knocked her down, hit the cannonball into the rope. She missed a wrecking ball and dives to the outside. Aaliyah then le- leaps off the apron with a sort of diving face buster thing. That was really cool. Shotzi hits her wicked switchblade kick at some point in the match and hits a big backdrop driver. That was really awesome. Um, Aaliyah tried to roll her up in the corner put her feet on the ropes got caught out that's when Stone then got up on the apron and got kicked off by Shotzi ends up crying on the outside and that's when Shotzi goes up and hits her huge senton to win the match after the match, though, this is where things get interesting because this was this felt like every other Robert Stone mm. match-up until this point. It's like, isn't it funny how his leg hurts because he got run over in a vehicle by somebody? And then Shotzi decides that she's going to run over his other leg, his good leg, with the tank. Um, Total face. Baby face move, man. Massive baby face move. It's great to see people who didn't ask for anything. <laughs> Get their ankles shredded by a tank. Um, but in the process of driving over his legs with the tank, she gets out and she's sort of screaming in his face, and he's asking Aaliyah to help him up. Martinez runs out and just kicks Shotsy in the face to knock her off, and then just walks off to the back. Like, so she's just decided to help out Robert Stone here. We then saw later in the episode, and we'll go over it now. Um they're backstage, kind of, I'm assuming, icing his ankle quite seriously, both of them. Uh, and Mercedes comes up to, to Robert Stone and says, look, I'm looking for someone who's going to handle all the rubbish stuff that I don't want to do, which is, you know, the booking of the matches and the talking to people and all of that kind of stuff. I, just I get it. Do the bit I want to do the bit that I'm good at, which is the yeah. fighting. Makes perfect sense. I mean, Robert Stone did manage to get Killian Day in that match against Dexter Loomis. So he has a proven track record of being able to book matches it's <laughs> this this is it like Robert Stone actually might be one of the better managers in NXT I think he's also the only manager yes apparently uh, well NXT.
0: I mean like you've got the Malcolm Bivens but after the whole Indus share spoiling the uh the double champion uh thing uh I don't think you, I don't think you're gonna see Indus share for a little bit I think they're in they're in time out
2: they did Ooh, a boo-boo yeah. yes <laughs> yeah that's I mean that is preposterously dumb isn't it but mm. we'll move on um so this, this kind of, this, this, I think this pays off really well. And I, I think they're going to do, I imagine they would do friction between Mercedes and Aaliyah because Aaliyah quite liked being the only member of the Robert Stone brand. I imagine she's <laughs> going to get booted out. The biggest star quickly. in the Robert Stone <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I imagine they'll kick her out quite quickly. And then Mercedes can kind of just be Robert Stone's only project um I think the pairing's really good as well like I, I think Mercedes Martinez is, is great I think giving her a manager sets her apart from Shayna Baszler as well and I think mm, those those, say. you know the lazy comparisons that people will make me myself included that does actually give her something else about her and it, and it does make her more of a prize fighter style character um I think, I think this could be really fortuitous for both um, Mercedes and for Robert Stone. I think Ali is going to come off worst in all of this. But um, it's nice yeah. to see it actually pay off. Like, it's nice to see... I, I've not been... We've not been hot on the Robert Stone stuff. I don't really think it's been that funny. Um, I actually just feel sorry for the guy, both the the man behind the character and the character most weeks. So it's nice to see mercedes join and i'm hoping that that actually gives him purpose and and starts to straighten out the edges of this character and make him a really serious mouthpiece for someone who is surely going to be one of the top stars of the women's division going forward because she's so good um so yeah i'm really excited for this i get kind of like
0: like original run paul Heyman and brock lesnar vibes from this which, I, which I, I'm totally down for. Robert Stone has been a mostly comedic character, but the guy can really talk. Um, and I think, yeah, it just makes sense from a kayfabe perspective, just like being, a, being like, I, I just want to train and fight and hurt people and you can handle, you know, the admin. I get that. Mm-hmm. I wish I had a Robert Stone to handle my admin. Um, but yeah, he's, it's, it's, it's a really interesting pairing, not only because they are slightly different mix in personalities, but also I thought a really nice ultimatum that Mercedes Martinez delivered to Robert Stone, which is I'll join the brand, but stay out of my matches. Basically just like, don't overstep your boundaries. Or don't- I'll break your legs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just be like, don't, turn my matches into comedy Robert Stone matches or I'll cripple you. I was just like, that's really fun. Because like, yeah, can Robert Stone resist getting involved uh, in mm-hmm. his client's matches? Uh, I think that's a really interesting little push, Paul. Well, again, whilst Aaliyah is sort of like the younger child that is is yeah. kind of
2: like left out in the cold. No, but to be fair, I, I we're saying all this is really positive and really good stuff, but it's probably leading to Robert Stone going, the- of his life, like, probably be chucked into a landfill by Mercedes Martinez as the ultimate sacrifice. We're actually run over by a, a full-sized panzer. Like this, this we're gonna get. This is probably just the setup to a more elaborate joke that NXT is gonna do. Like I, I'm not confident in this, but I, I hope that they turn Robert Stone and the brand itself semi-serious and really give it time to shine through you know, what I'm hoping is a really big push for Mercedes Martinez. And, I, um, you know, I, I think that's the best way to do it. I don't think the best way to do it is just to, to carbon copy what they tried to do with Rhea Ripley and Robert Stone's interactions, which is, look, Rhea's beat up a boy and she's put him in the bin. Isn't she cool? I think it's actually I think it's actually nicer that, you know, that you can have an antagonistic relationship between Stone and Mar- uh, Martinez, but it should be through success and it should be through, you know, Uh, her winning her matches and Robert Stone successfully setting up more matches for her but they should have friction there because he's a bit of a goof that's fine I just don't want to see him put in any more bins because that joke has run its course isn't it nice to be able to honestly feel ooh I wonder what Robert Stone will be up to next week. I know, yeah. Full body. Well, once once Martinez is through him, a full body cast will be the next one, I assume. And we then got a little package about uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott saying that uh, he got into performing when he performed Billy Jean at school and everyone erupted. Uh, and that's then that's when he decided all he wanted to do was perform. And he says that wrestling is like music because of flow, harmony, and, uh, harmony, rhythm, and rhythm, and other words. Beat. Yeah, this was like this was. This seems to just I and mean, he basically ends off the whole program saying, "Santos Escobar, I'm coming after you." Uh, I felt like this was more of a package that I was like, "Well, the North American title feels like somewhere with Swerve would be really well served," um, especially when you've got a load of triple threat matches to decide who's going to be in the ladder match. So I feel like Swerve should be, at least be in one of those because he's bloody great, and the cruiserweights division feels a little bit like a step down for him. But fine. Um, you know, he's going to be another step on the ladder for Drake Maverick to eventually topple Santos Escobar. You have to have good challenges for Escobar to make him look strong, Um, especially if if Maverick's, I think the current booking of Maverick hasn't made him look particularly like an underdog. It's made him look like an idiot. So it'd be worthwhile here to have Swerve put on a really good show with Escobar, maybe at TakeOver, maybe before, and then uh, build up to Maverick finally yeah. And that full comeback story, which is its uh, inevitable and logical conclusion. Uh, we then got the triple threat match between Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano and Roderick Strong, as we've already discussed. And after that, it was Timothy Thatcher versus Oli Lorcan round two. Uh, very similar to round one, round two, frankly. It was it was a lot of two guys stretching each other out and slapping each other's chests. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like um NXT have caught on to some of the stuff you've been saying as well about the the level of like variety they provide in terms of the shows they've been putting on because Mara was really putting over NXT with a wild variety of styles in this during this match and saying, like, you know, we've got something different every 10 minutes on NXT, essentially. Mm. Um It really felt uh, like that this week. Yeah, it was I think it was a really well-booked show. And this was another Brilliant little match that, you know, gave Timothy Thatcher uh, a bit of heat going into his triple threat next week, made him a face to watch, you know, logical booking where if someone wins this week and they're in a big match next week, you're kind of going to sit there and go, okay, well, they're definitely, this, these are the things to watch out for in that bigger match next week. And these are the ways that they can then turn that on its head to... um confound your expectations and make you excited like all good triple threat matches would do because there's that extra element of someone else there to chuck around and to break stuff up and cleverly work your moves together. Um, this was, this was quite good. L- Lorcan had a lot of the upper hand for it. And he, he got, uh, he sort of ran Thatcher into the ring post and injured the left arm and then spent most of the match working over the left arm. He got his own Fujiwara arm bar at one point. Thatcher managed to get out of it by fish hooking uh, Lorcan's mouth with the, while sort of the referee couldn't quite see because he was behind. I thought that was quite clever. Like, it shows the sort of depths that Thatcher will sink to he's obviously fairly uh, a fairly brutal character in that sense um and doesn't really regard the rules much um Lorken then got uh, was still working over the arm but Thatcher managed to get his shoulders down and picked up the win um yeah and then that was that was basically all she wrote Thatcher walks out of an injured arm i imagine this is this is quite a good way if they're going to continue to play up the injury that's that gives them something to sort of hook into come the triple threat match next week um i hope they do follow up with that i think it's a good way to like if you don't want thatcher to win to keep him looking strong as well because he's been so well booked uh up until this point um yeah who do you think actually will win do you think finn's gonna win i think finn's
0: gonna win just to have one person who is like a proper huge name unless you get someone coming into kind of like go into a, a feud with Finn Balor. Like Finn Balor, I think will only, can, can only really lose if someone interferes. And mm-hmm. I don't know who's waiting in the wings for Balor right now. I don't know if there necessarily is a good opponent for him. Uh, I think um, either, like I think Dexter could maybe run into Killian Dane or Thatcher can run into Lorcan. Uh I think, you know, it's possible we may get a little bit of a schmozzy finish. But for me, Finn Balor makes sense as a kind of like, you want, like just from the practical standpoint when you are booking uh the match from an agenting perspective you want at least one really solid ring general uh in the middle of everything uh who is like so versed and in, in like in loads of matches with loads of moving parts uh finn's been in a bunch of money in the bank ladder matches he like i think the guy can hold stuff together uh and yeah like i said i think his presence would elevate everyone so i would be I wouldn't be upset if Finn didn't win uh, because, like I said, Dexter Loomis and Timothy Thatcher, like, it's a mid-card title and both those guys would do great stuff with it, especially Thatcher. Just, like, the idea of, like, I could beat you in a million different ways. Try and take the title from me. Um, But I think Finn Balor is probably the smartest choice just in terms of, like, takeover card and holding the match together and also elevating everyone else.
2: Yeah, I I think Thatcher and Loomis have also had quite, like, not clear stories but they've had stories in nxt that are still developing like you know they, they've obviously swerved where Luminous's uh interests were going a couple of times because of various other factors uh we won't necessarily go into here like he still seems to have a, a defined sort of set of um interests that were, have never really been about titles seemingly um and then you've got Thatcher who's been doing all the Thatcher's Thatch Can stuff and, and it seems more about hurting people. So I think his interests wouldn't lie at all. And then you've got Finn who has been at a complete loose end since the Walter match dropped off the face of the earth. Um, so I think it is much better to put him into the ladder match for TakeOver just because it gives him something to do that feels important. And you can lose a five-man ladder match by, you know, inches and it doesn't feel like a huge personal defeat for balor it would still keep him looking strong i think people will still be excited for the walter match which they clearly want to do at some point down the line so um yeah i think putting him in this gives him a really big spot on a takeover card but doesn't take up a singles match that could go to someone else um i think they've got a lot of guys floating around that are in need of singles matches from this uh from the way this is kind of shaking out, you've got Johnny Gargano floating around with no no match on the card. You've got Adam Cole potentially having his last match in NXT if if you know all the rumors are to be believed. There's there's so many people who are going to need a little bit of a single showcase if they're not going to be in the ladders match in the ladder match, and I don't think. Finn necessarily needs to have a singles match. I think he, he would work better in that ring general role. Um, we then, so from the Thatcher and Lorcan match, we saw uh, Robert Stone backstage being annoyed by his ankle and signing Mercedes Martinez. We then got Finn talking about opportunities, saying that he doesn't eat, um Despite the fact that uh, Keith Lee is too scared to defend his title, mm-hmm. he he doesn't need charity, but he will take advantage of the fact that he's not man enough to defend the title, um, and then sort of says that he's going to be facing Lou, Loomis and Thatcher next week, and he says your push just hit the ceiling to close. Oh, obviously, what, what an insider term! Oh, so yeah, excited! <laughs> this is it. He's he's working his own game. That's it. He's he's doing his own thing, cutting his own path through NXT, Adam. <laughs> uh, I, I still, I like the Finn Balor promos. I think, um, I think the heel turn has been fantastic for him. And I just think I'm, I'm excited to see where he ends up. Like he, he has obviously also talked up the North American title before, uh, as being within his realm of interest. Like he, after the water thing went away, he did start sort of gunning for Keith Lee, but that was a bit of a swerve on the way somewhere else. So, um, I can imagine them putting the title on him for sure. Uh, that, I think him at the top of that division might be quite a good little thing to do before Walter eventually sort of gets back on the table at some point down the line. Uh, we then got the main event, which was Karrion Cross versus Dominic Dijakovic. and this was blooming awesome. So this was mm-hmm. this was the whole point of this match was the fact that it was sort of this Dijack was the one taking carrying cross to his not his limit but he was testing carrying cross in a way that cross has not been tested in NXT so far not even Champa got this much offense in against carrying cross um you know, quite early on in the match, DiJack goes to hit Feast Your eyes and narrowly misses. He hits this big right arm off the back of that that knocks Cross out of the ring. This is a really cool moment where Cross like winds up for a punch on uh, DiJack against the barricades and misses and just nails the barricade like it's can nothing. Sell it as well, just like. Yeah, Fine. just walks off. Really cool. Um, and then it's sort of all turned around because uh, DiJack had him in the ring, whips him into the corner, runs in and gets blocked with the knees. Um, he does this huge two-step head kick and then hits a DDT and then a Doomsday Saito. Um, DiJack fights back a little bit, hits time to fly, does the sit-out chokeslam, gets a two, but... Uh, Oh yeah. So then they end up fighting to the outside and this is the really, this is like, this was the brutal head turning moment in this match was they fight to the outside and somehow cross ends up sort of putting his foot on Dijak's neck um, outside by the ring steps. And he pushes his head behind the ring steps. And you imagine between the ring steps and the, uh, the post and then just walks back and just stomps it into his face. Hmm. And DiJack is, as you can see, he's just lying there, completely limp. The referee hops out and is like trying to check if he's okay. Dijak is we I assume is weakly saying he's okay to carry on. And Cross goes back into the ring on the referee's demand. Ref like get back into the ring, and referee starts counting out DiJack. And Cross stands there for like a couple of seconds and goes, no, I don't want to count out a victory. Goes out and gets DiJack, lumps him back into the ring, and then just. full body mounts him and starts raining down these huge forearms onto his throat and onto his face. And the whole time Dijack's going, no, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. This causes Keith Lee to come out. And Keith Lee is like on the, on the outside, like considering getting on the apron and getting into the ring. And Dijack rolls over to him after telling the referee, no, I'm not giving up. And he rolls over to Keith Lee and says, no, Keith, this is on me. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I, I, I want this basically is what he's saying. You know, he just refuses to quit in this match and cross grabs him from like the head and, and hits him down, gives him this one big forearm really hard and then picks him up and holds him sort of up to Keith Lee and says, are you watching? Look at him, Keith and hits the, and puts him in the cross jacket and just holds it until the referee has to chuck the match out. This was so horrible to watch this Mm. really, really gripping, uh, booking and what an amazing finish to the match it made cross look like a million bucks it made dijack look uh like really played up that relationship between dijack and keith lee um adds into the story that they're telling between cross and keith lee really really well as well and this the, the notion that i th- like cross is Something that Keith Lee's never come up against in his run through NXT. You know, Keith Lee's stratospheric rise has been all about fist bumping Roman Reigns and uh, pouncing people improbably over stuff. And even the matches against Dominic Dijakovic were even in the sense that, like, these are two guys who can match each other on every level. And Cross has just destroyed the guy who's got the closest to being on Keith Lee's level. He's absolutely murdered him. And now Keith Lee has to watch. It's so compelling. It's brilliant, mm. brilliant stuff. Um, and so, yeah, the, the match ends and Keith Lee rolls in the ring to sort of back Cross down, but Cross like steps back into the corner, doesn't leave the ring. He just stands and stares at Keith Lee, who's pulling uh, over down Jack. I I just thought this was incredible. This was just amazing booking. Yeah. If, if anyone has
0: ever like seen any of my booking videos or like especially the most recent one with Dean Ambrose, they will probably guess that this was everything to me. I loved it. Just like really melodramatic Game of Thrones, cruel, uh, like exacting, uh, like no no big stunts. I mean, obviously like, you know, a, cu- a couple of smoke and mirrors things with the ring steps. But other than that, just like, this is someone you care about. And I'm gonna hurt him to get to you. It's so it's yeah, it's just it's exactly the kind of high emotional drama that I love in, in wrestling. And I it's the sort of thing that Keith Lee sold perfectly, Dijak sold perfectly. Um, like even Scarlet, like on the outside, was selling it so, so well. Like, yeah, it was just a, a perfect little angle um to kind of build up to take over triple X. Google it. Uh, between uh, Cross and Keith Lee is gonna. I, I cannot wait for that match. And if they find a way to build on, you know, making it personal like this, and 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 you kind of, yeah, carrying carrying Cross doing something that is uniquely cruel, rather than just you know, he doesn't just win a match, he doesn't just tap someone out, but he does something that is too far, and he does it on purpose, and he tries to hurt someone that Keith Lee cares about. It's just like, it's that exacting uh, kind of. Uh, villainy which exactly what he needs to kind of take him to that final level and i think uh, keith's going to lose his belt at takeover 30 and i think we're entering into a a, a long age of carrying and cross and i think this is mm. uh, a, a very well told story so far I'm really loving it
2: I think it's it's really interesting to look at in um, terms of what else WWE has done this week uh, with villainy. Like I think when you when you talk about exacting levels of violence and brutality and and nothing too flashy, um, you have to look at what Cross has done, and then you have to look at like Seth Rollins this week. And (laughs) Seth Seth Rollins pops an eye out of Rey Mysterio's head, and it's all a bit goofy, and it you can see the eye, and it's a bit it's a bit of a crop. I have to bleep that it's 46 minutes in. Um, and you've got uh, yeah, and then <laughs> you, you have um, him like gipping and throwing up after he's seen what he's done. And here, cross crushes a man's head behind some steps and the room post and just stands there, being like, Well, done that now, best finish the match. Mm. Like, this, this, is, this is the way to do that, love like, that violence and that purposefulness. like Seth Rollins put him, like, went, through, went through quite a lot of effort to get himself basically into this match with Rey Mysterio where it was going to be eye for an eye and, you know, spent a lot of time interfering with Rey and then, then regretted his decision immediately when it actually, like, the things that he'd sort of planned for came to fruition. And here's Cross just being, like, unplanned, unwhatever. whatever I'm just going to kick your head in between two steel objects and we'll see what happens. Uh oh but by the way even though i've done that i don't want to cheat victory and get to t- and they declare me the winner i want you to tap out still so i'm going to bring you back into the ring and f- wait until you wake up enough for me to choke you <laughs> like it it's so incredible that uh this booking of carrying cross i just think is one of their more remarkable um runs that they've had. I think this is on par with a Alistair Black for me in terms of like stuff that NXT has done with people to elevate them into the championship picture. This does feel very like that sort of run that Alistair Black had through the roster where it was just spectacle upon spectacle each time he came out. Um and yeah, everything that Cross has done so far I just think has been wonderful. Um and I really, really can't wait to see him and Keith Lee have the match to take over Triple H. Please do not Google it. Um, and and finally, sort of, I don't know. I'm, I'm so intrigued to see which direction NXT wants to go here. Um, I do feel like Cross is the obvious choice. And I, I do think I agree with you that I think we're going to get a really long reign of carrying Cross. But what would it do for Keith Lee if he's the one to, if he manages to retain over Cross? I, I think even that would be absolutely fantastic. Um, there are so many good options. I would I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see two of them just be at the top of the roster for a long time, battling back and forth over the NXT Championship, um, and cross sinking to deeper and darker levels at all times to put one over Keith Lee to keep hold of the NXT Championship. Um, I do imagine though that Keith Lee's probably just going up. Like he's got to be on the list. Yeah. He's got to be top, top of the list of people you want on the you, you want Keith
0: Lee. You yeah. want Keith Lee and sooner you- rather than later for your show. He's 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 the real deal, and then like you you've got a perfect feud like first, first feedback for carrying his champion Chamasa Champa. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Goldie, it's come. You know he wants Goldie to come home. Like it's it's perfect. I, I I don't get me wrong. Like yeah, what it would do to Keith Lee, but he's always, you know. He's been double champion. He's 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 good. He's good enough. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for him to earn a lot and a lot of money.
2: On the main roster. Oh yeah. And they love and you know what? They love that transitional one evening that they have. They have they have one sort of Sunday afternoon and then they appear on uh the next pay per view on WWE or they appear on the RAW afterwards and that loss is suddenly magically forgotten and they're they're you know, they're a brand new person, uh, a clean slate they get. Um so yeah, I think I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens coming out of takeover triple X. Please don't Google it. Um, because I I just think, like like you said earlier, like right at the beginning of the podcast, we said like NXT on the road to a takeover is the best NXT TV you're going to get. And this week proved it because it wasn't like, there were a couple of really standout moments. I think some of the other matches were perfectly serviceable matches in terms of like how they were booked and what they were booked to be. But because it was all building momentum and it was all so cleverly slotted in you know like thatcher going over and loomis going over to set up the thing with finn next week and you get a little bit of a promo from finn whoever we haven't seen for quite a while all of that all these little bits just make it feel so cohesive and like we've got a real purpose and a real destination to build to and you know like we've been complaining quite a bit on this that nxt has been a bit adrift from uh, its long-term storytelling and takeover in your house didn't really help because that was so thrown together Seemingly like, you know, that the turnaround between the announcement and the show actually happening was a period of three or two weeks, something like that. And we've got a really nice defined four or five week period here where we're going to get really good NXT TV building mm. up to some of the matches. I think I've, you know, I, I'm more excited for Keith Lee and Carrying Cross than I have been for pretty much any match in NXT in the last year and a half. Like, I'm so keen to see these guys have their match as the main event of a takeover i really 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 can't wait um so yeah if i had to put a number on this week's nxt i think a very high four would probably be my my overall rating i think i don't like to give five stars out but this is this was as close to perfect as you could possibly imagine uh how about you adam
0: (laughs) yeah like like i said like there have been nxts with bigger moments and more memorable nxts probably but just when you talk about what we like about nxt in terms of like show consistency or a whole show being booked and every and like booking with intent and booking with purpose and efficiency of booking being you know grounded yet effective uh you know kind of methodical yet emotional it's a really good showing by nxt this week uh i I don't have a grade to give it but uh i liked it very very much Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device Quizzle mania it's the showcase of the amorons
2: do you have any big weekend plans i'm piano.
0: <laughs> all right mum <laughs> just for every time i phone home um big weekend plans no not really um we are trying to get uh, like so i've got a bike Love my bike, mm-hmm. uh, um, but we are trying to get a pair of bikes for me and my me and my partner uh, to so we can go on jaunts. Um, but we found a mate who has who has got a spare bike. Apparently the brakes are a bit dodgy, so we're going to go and oh, find good. the bike and a um, free deframer. A... Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's that's it. That's my that's my whole business. What about you, Laurie? Do you have any nice plans for the weekend? Are you Do there? I have any? I am eat eating money. enough.
2: No, I think I'm eating enough. I think I'm okay for money. Uh, I have one single plan. For, I've got two plans for the weekend. I'm going to see some people in the park on Saturday for a birthday type thing. Nice. Cans, Cans in the park? Tins in the park, yeah. Tins, Tins in the, the sun. Uh, and then Sunday, the climbing centre has reopened. Oh, go little boulder boy. Go on my boulders and I lose all the skin on my fingers. I was going to say, have, like, are you just going to immediately fall off the wall? How long has it been? It's been, well, so I've been a couple of times outside um, in the last few weeks because uh, when when they said you could kind of go and do more exercise outside, we started going to a place called Eridge in Tunbridge Wells, which is like, uh, yeah, just another like series of natural rocks and you can climb, but they're made of sandstone and they're awful and they're not very good when you haven't been climbing for like three months because sandstone ain't very grippy, very, very silty, comes away in your hand quite often. Not very good if you're not afraid of heights and stuff as well. Uh, So that was a bit sketchy. And then there's a place actually in like East London called Fairlop Waters that has man-made boulders and they're basically like chicken wire mesh constructs with concrete poured over the top that are really good uh, and they are in like a really good location they've got gravel beneath them so not that that dangerous if you fall off and but if you have a mat it's even more safe but uh concrete uh, quite painful to hold on to it turns out and yeah. uh first time i went i ripped all the skin on uh this finger as you can see that's healing Gross. up now uh, and then second time i went i taped this one up being like that'll sort me out and then i ripped Two other fingers? Gross. Gross. Uh, so, yeah, I'm mildly concerned that, like, the main thing is, I think, like, I've done as tried to do as much, like, exercise training as possible to be, like, maintain some, some semblance of a shape uh, in lockdown. But the thing I haven't been able to train very well is finger strength, which is very important for bouldering yes. and grap- gripping onto things, but also just finger toughness because... Uh, I didn't really know, like, unless you get, like, a bag of gravel and do, like, kill-style one-inch punches into it to try and build up sort of, like, calluses on my hands. Does the, um, the, my the calluses are really The liquid chalk? It helps. In, uh, well, it doesn't really help with the sort of the ripping of the skin because that's like, the chalk helps with it. It helps with friction, but the, the whole thing with climbing is what you have to do is cultivate a series of calluses um, that toughen your skin up to prolonged periods of gripping stuff what I about base, yeah well that would be defeat the object isn't it it's just man <laughs> his it's just one man his skin and a rock is uh bowling. oh my god <laughs> that's what it's all about so i'm very excited that it's opening up again on sunday uh but i imagine i will be terrible so um you know maybe maybe cl- i'll give up on climbing if i'm bad at it because that's the kind of guy i am i like to be good at things um so we'll see how that goes um well uh, now that I've complained about bouldering and talked about how excited I am to go back, I think that's probably enough podcast, uh, for everyone because I've bored them all to death. So, uh, you have more stuff coming up from uh, Russell Talk this week. You've got uh, AEW, which should be out around about the same time that this is out. You've got the Friday Magazine show this week, which is with you, Adam, and host. Uh, a guest host,
0: uh, is Alex, Queen of the Ring uh she's back by popular demand so yeah we'll be um recording that tonight uh, and that'll be airing tomorrow uh and we're going to be discussing uh one of the bigger news topics of the week and then answering all your questions from the mailbags if you do have questions you've got until 5 p.m uk time which is when we're recording it to get those uh mailbag questions into our
2: patreon patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk that's good, because that's a because this goes out at seven, so that is, is a wasted plug. Never mind. Forget it. You missed your chance. You weren't listening. You weren't paying attention. You should have been looking at Twitter. But um, Saturday, Saturday, you're going to have uh, Smackdown with Pete and Andy as well, and then we're back on the trail on Tuesday with Roy, etc. because there ain't no pay-per-views this week. Um, so, well, thanks very much for listening. Goodbye. Good.
1: and Hold up.